House will return Monday and stay in session through Wednesday. The Senate will return Monday and stay in session through Thursday. Last week on the House floor, the House came back on Tuesday, passed two bills under suspension of the rules. On Wednesday, the House passed H.R. 648, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2019. On Thursday, the House passed H.J. Res. 31, the Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Bill. On Friday, by voice vote, the House passed H.J. Res. 28, a three-week continuing resolution that would reopen the government through February 15th. The House also adopted H.J. Res. 31, which sends the Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Bill to conference with the Senate. This week on the House floor, they'll return Monday with the first vote set for 6.30 p.m. At that time, the House is scheduled to take up three bills under suspension. On Tuesday, the House is slated to take up another seven bills under suspension. On Wednesday, the House is expected to take up H.R. 790, the Federal Civilian Workforce Pay Raise Fairness Act, which provides a 2.6% pay increase for certain civilian employees of the federal government. Last week on the Senate floor on Thursday, the Senate voted on two bills that would have reopened the federal government. First up was a vote on a cloture motion on a Shelby Amendment to H.R. 268, a supplemental appropriations bill. The Shelby Amendment would have included funding for a border wall. The cloture motion failed by a vote of 50 to 47, with Republicans Tom Cotton of Arkansas and Mike Lee of Utah voting against it. Then the Senate voted on a cloture motion on a Schumer amendment to the same bill. That amendment did not include funding for a border wall. That cloture motion failed by a vote of 52 to 44, with six Republican senators, Alexander, Collins, Gardner, Isaacson, Murkowski, and Romney, crossing party lines to vote with the Democrats to reopen government without wall funding. On Friday, the Senate adopted by voice vote H.J. Res. 28, a three-week continuing resolution that would reopen the government through February 15. In the same action, the Senate also adopted H.J. Res. 31, which sends the Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Bill to conference with the House. This week on the Senate floor, they'll come back Monday with the first vote set for 5.30 p.m. That'll be a cloture vote on the motion to proceed to S-1, the Strengthening America's Security in the Middle East Act. To the Russia hoax, on Friday morning, longtime Republican operative and Trump advisor Roger Stone was arrested at his home and charged with seven felony counts related to the ongoing Russia collusion investigation, five counts of lying to Congress and two counts related to messing with witnesses. To the shutdown, let history record that on Friday, January 25, day 35 of the longest shutdown in the history of the Republic, the partial shutdown ended with a whimper, not a bang. Faced with a growing revolt among Senate Republicans, no fewer than six of whom had abandoned him to vote for a Democrat-sponsored measure to reopen the government without any wall funding, President Trump announced on Friday afternoon in the White House Rose Garden that he would yield and would sign legislation to reopen the government for three weeks. The deal he agreed to contained not one penny of wall funding, but did commit leaders of both parties to select lawmakers to serve on a conference committee that would spend the next three weeks negotiating over a DHS spending bill that would focus on border security. And the president retained for himself and reminded everyone that he retained for himself the right to declare a national emergency under the National Emergencies Act of 1976, which he contends would allow him to bypass the Congress and direct the Pentagon to construct the physical barrier along the border to which he is committed. Much of the mainstream media coverage over the weekend suggests the final straw for the president was the news Friday morning that airports along the eastern seaboard, especially including LaGuardia Airport in New York, were put in ground stop mode because too many air traffic controllers had called in sick. 
But according to other reports, the decision had been reached the evening before in a conversation between Trump and Senate Majority Leader McConnell after the Senate had voted down two bills meant to reopen the government. To the apparently great surprise of Trump son-in-law Jared Kushner, who had taken the lead for the Trump administration in Capitol Hill negotiations, only one Democrat senator, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, crossed over and voted with Republicans on the White House-backed proposal. When Trump saw that, despite Kushner's assertions to the contrary, only one Democrat was voting with him, he concluded the game was up and decided to end it as quickly as he could. So, what can we take from this exercise? Well, the Democrats are now on the spot. For the last five weeks, they have insisted that they wanted border security just as much as did the president, but they would not negotiate over it until the government was reopened. The government is now reopened, and that excuse has been removed. They will now be on the spot to demonstrate that they actually do care about border security. On the other hand, keep in mind there's plenty the Democrats can do to show they're committed to border security without funding construction of a wall. They can appropriate funds for drones or other surveillance technology or more border patrol agents or more immigration court judges or more beds for detainment facilities. They're Democrats, so it's not the money that bothers them. Heck, they can offer to appropriate twice as much as the president wants without blinking an eye. And we could end up in three weeks right where we are today with no agreement for wall funding. At that point, the president strongly hinted he would declare a national emergency, which kind of leaves you wondering. If that's where we're likely to end up three weeks from now, why not just save the time and declare the national emergency next week? Back to the negotiations. Congressional Democrats are on the record now saying two things. First, that they would be happy to negotiate over border security once the government is reopened. And second, that they support physical barriers. For those of you who might be engaged in political communications over the next week and want some background, here are some good quotes courtesy of Senate Majority Leader McConnell's office. Nancy Pelosi, quote, right now there is a path. Open up government. Let's have this discussion on where we can agree on the best ways to protect our borders, to secure our borders. Also, Nancy Pelosi, quote, Democrats were hopeful that the president was finally willing to reopen government and proceed with a much needed discussion to protect the border. On the Democrats say that physical barriers are part of the solution, we've got Dick Durbin. I've got about a dozen quotes here. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, You can find them in this week's Washington Report. So here's Dick Durbin on physical barriers. Quote, yes, will we end up with more fences and barriers at the end of the day? We've done it for two straight years. We're likely to do it again. Senator Joe Manchin said, I voted to fund President Trump's wall. Check the vote. Mark Warner says, I know we're going to have to add additional border security. We've got about 700 miles of existing fencing where folks say we need additional barrier protections. I'm all for it. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Three pages worth of quotes. Now to taxes. I don't normally take up our time with discussion of far-reaching leftist fantasy legislation that's going nowhere. But this week, we're going to spend just a few moments talking about Senator Elizabeth Warren's latest left-wing fantasy proposal, a scheme to tax wealth in America. Under Warren's proposal, which she says would apply only to the richest one-tenth of one percent of Americans, households with a net worth of $50 million or more would pay a 2% annual tax on the household net worth between $50 million and $1 billion dollars and households with a net worth of at least $1 billion would pay an additional 1% annual billionaire surtax, that is 3% overall, on household net worth above $1 billion. 
She suggests that people she refers to as leading economists, in other words, the professors who baked up this scheme, indicate that such a tax could generate $2.75 trillion in tax revenue over a 10-year period, except that it would be unconstitutional because it's not a tax on income, it's a tax on wealth, and the Constitution does not allow for that. And she knows that. In the press release she put out announcing the proposal, she includes links to two letters written by various law professors at substantial universities who argue otherwise. You'll find two pieces in the suggested reading this week, and I suggest you read them. And that's our Washington Report for this week.